Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. Our favorite linguistics and Mayan expert, Raymond Tarpey, is back with us today, and who knows where we're going to end up. I write a script, we go off it, and somewhere something magical happens, but in the end, we are going to come to the Mayan prophecy of the final establishment of peace and justice throughout the world. That's where we want to end. So, Raymond, I know we're going to go on a joyride here. I'll start somewhere, but we have to get that in, okay, because people need to hear about final establishment of peace and justice. Yes, the highest Because right now, we're not feeling it. Yeah, it's a <laughs> crisis in Chinese uh, uh, is weiqi, and it also means opportunity. Yes, crisis is yep. opportunity, and we're being given a lot of yeah. opportunity. Oh, yes, right yeah, opportunities for change. Well, you know, we're going to fi- start, we'll start at yeah. an interesting yeah. place in the conversation, which you talk about we have to understand the deeper nature of human multi- multicultural openness. Yes. Now, at first blush, we would think, what does that mean? It means we're being pitted against each other now. We Then things like racism come into view. Oh, oh yes. But what yes. do you actually mean by human multicultural openness, oh. deep openness? Well, um, a simple way to explain it is the place is more exquisite than the human is willing to admit. Go into that a little more, would you? In other words, the intelligence here is so minute and detailed that we're set up here. It's a setup uh, for Explain, what's a setup? uh, Yeah, we've been set up. Okay, well, we're kind of feeling that now, but what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, About, um, I think, before we come in, we uh, have, uh, through reincarnation, we have talks with our counselors. We make our own design, everything, so there's no victims here. Right. We have full responsibility. We design our curriculum for That's a lifetime. That's it, exactly. And my wife taught me, stop cursing in the garage when the car doesn't work. Uh, he's not going to help you solve your problem. <laughs> she is so wise. She takes such good care of you. Oh, she yeah, sets you yeah, straight yeah. all the time. Because you're cursing your own curriculum. That's a really important thing to understand yes. because right now I think people are falling into a lot of victimhood. Yes, yes. Because of the craziness, because yeah. of because of the yeah. kind of collective confusion going on yes. right now. So you start going like this, looking for someone to blame for this discord. Mm-hmm. And this is not the right approach at this time. I don't Please think so. Please talk to us about that a yes. little bit. To realize that each culture is incredibly unique. The thousands of years it took to make a language and to react to the environment they were thrown into. Everybody's thrown into a different environment and nobody knows where it's from and where we're going, what its intent is. We're all guessing here. And it is exquisitely designed because each land, I I always talk about the five different places that I got the first idea of it in uh, the readings of Edgar Cayce, the five regions, Mm -hmm. which are assigned a color which matches with the races and the senses. Yes. The number five. Yes. 
I think we talked a little about that we before. We did, but we can, we can go back okay. into it because okay. we're going to get into the red race and the red spirit testimony yes. via yes. Edgar Casey in a little bit. So okay. let's, let's talk about the races at large. Okay. Well, I first got the idea from Edgar Casey's readings. There was a, an entity who lived in Atlantis uh, 98,000 years before the arrival of Ram in India. Good luck with that. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a I'm long okay time with ago. I'm, I'm comfortable with those numbers. Let's go. <laughs> a long time ago. His name was Emilius. And people can find it if they get the Ed, Edgar, Edgar Casey. Casey Companion book. Yes. And you just look up in the index, and it's the key uh, to the readings and the amazing uh, testimony that, he, that came through him to the world. From Emilius. Uh, uh, through this, Edgar from Amelius. This was just knowledge of Amelius mm-hmm. uh, through the Akashic source. Okay. And he explained it as he would uh, go, he was caught by the hypnotists, the second circus after the elephant circus in the rural areas. Uh, the, the hypnotic circus came through. And they discovered that this guy, when you hypnotized him, had some unusual, I'm getting chills, yeah. had some very unusual information. And they learned that if you asked him questions, he could see all through you. And he would, he would face his head north, and he would lay on a sofa, go to sleep. And if his eyes fluttered, he went into the trance. If not, he would, went to sleep. So he went to that place this is between waking and about. sleeping. We're talking about Emilius at this time? No, we're talking or about Edgar. Edgar Casey. Yes, Edgar Casey. He's set up for the reading. Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. No. And the, the hypnotist found out how to be his conductor. Yes, yes. And, but they couldn't trust anybody. Only his wife could do it. Right, yeah, right. yeah. I would pick my and wife, And I think too. most of our audience is familiar with Edgar Casey and his work, but most people are not familiar with Emilius. Yes, yeah. And so um, that's the way it was done, and he started curing people. He would say, yes, I have the soul. And then, yes, we have the soul, not I have. Yes, we have the soul. And then he would recommend some remedy. These are people that were hopeless cases, yes. many of them. And he started curing them and getting into the newspapers. I mean, even so much that they'd say, go to your pharmacy. There's a little dark blue bottle behind a dusty bottle with yes. something else in front of it. And they'd say, what? The pharmacist went and there it was. They didn't know it was so on the specific. shelf. It was called Oil of Smoke. Yes, so specific. Oil of Smoke. And so... Uh, there's a book, There is a River, and that is one I recommend to read to get the full panorama yes. of his life and yes. his work. Yes, beautiful book. Go ahead. Yeah. So now let's get to Emilius. Emilius was an entity in Atlantis, and he found that the souls that first came here, we had the power of thought creation. Yes. When we first came in, whatever we wanted... Oh. We yes. could produce. Chills, chills. The problem is we kept producing and we forgot who we were. We got so involved with the creation that uh, we became the creation and we forgot our spirit legacy. That was one of his main points. So that's the power that's inside of us. Yes. That we have to learn to connect with now because Beings we're going to need could, every bit of it. Yes. And the legacy of at one time in another form being able to create at the speed of thought. Yes, yes. And this, I think, is our frustration yes. in this world. Yes. With creation, with um, manifestation, with time. 
is this deep anxiety because some deep part of us remembers yeah. we were able to create at the speed of thought. And now we can't do that. Now we have to wait for permissions and time and agreements. And it seems like we can't create a dang thing a lot yeah. of times, you know? Well, what I've found is there is a way to have that power if we accept the word, the dimension of magic. Let's talk about that. This is a magic place. Yes. This is a place and the mind has to lose uh, its main role in it because our mind is conditioned by propaganda, trauma from our early ages and uh, uh, sibling jealousies and all sorts of things, bullying, uh, comparison in school systems that uh, purported to be education when it was not. Um, and it filled people with trauma and fear. And we are able to manipulate each other with that fear. And in order to jump out of that, we have to learn to go into the world of magic. And that world of magic is best known by the indigenous societies because they were the first ones to be in awe. And in what the... They, they imagine being just nothing in the past, nothing in the future, just dealing with this, what, like a child coming out of the womb. And so that's why we have, have to go back to them. And my work is going back into their worlds because a lot of them were stamped out yes. by empires. And our recent empire is what we call the... Um, European Judeo-Christian Empire, or the Holy Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. The United States received the baton from England. It is now the Holy Roman Empire. It's holy because we swear on the Bibles. It has a religion at its base. And um, it has a lot of the terms are in Latin from the early church and Rome. And so it's holy and Roman. And it passed from all the way from the Middle East going to Europe, uh, to France, then uh, from Persia even before that, mm -hmm. uh, Greeks, then Rome, then uh, France, then uh, Germany, and on to England, and then to the United States. So there are so many questions I could bring up now. We're way off script. Let's have fun. Yeah. Okay, so how, what, what denoted the time in which the baton of the Holy Roman Empire passed to the United States? After World War I, that was it. Because the United States came in to help. It had this huge country with unlimited resources. There was no competition. They had found a paradise here. And so... They helped uh, because the, the English were uh, and the French were losing. Right. And that's why they went into the Middle East and they decided to divide up the Middle East. And that's when they decided to create, give Israel a chance to have Palestine and they could pay off debts in that way. And then later on, have a free zone for their trade so they could take Iraq and other places and pass their oil and everything through, uh, through there without um, obstacle. But so the Holy Roman, this is not so holy an empire, okay? Yeah, the Holy Roman part of it, I understand what you're saying, this patriarchal period yeah. of history that's very wound up in resources and banking and politics oh, and yes, treachery, yes, yes. which is very similar to the Roman Catholic Church they're, itself. Yeah, that yes, is they're all, uh, it's human groups, basically. Right, human groups. Human groups. 
So what are the implications and does this tie back into the Mayan race story in terms of the red race oh, yes, of the it Americas? Does. Yes. And was this foreseen that the baton of the end of patriarchy yes. would yes. would really land yes. here? Yes. Does it end here in no. America? No. Where does it go next? We have a lot of other regions to consider. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay. We no, we have it right now. Yeah. What where does it go next from what you understand what you understand at this point? Um, the red region, according to Edgar Casey, and now I find verified in the Hopi uh, testimony. Okay. Um, these regions are because the colors of the race is not, not by accident. And as Casey said, it's not about race per se. It's about a spiritual vibration that has come from where they were born where they started. Mm -hmm. So the land has programmed them in the way that the intelligence wanted them to be programmed with the destiny of coming together. Okay, so if we're speaking now of his testimony of the red race, yes. Edgar Casey's testimony, we're kind of, let's just keep going and we'll just weave okay, it all together. Okay. What was his profound testimony of the red race? He said that the red race uh, is the one that's the Americas, that is connected correct? in the Americas. Mm -hmm. the, he said the Americas and Atlantis. And Atlantis, okay. And the red race is the one, uh, the red is the color of feeling. It's all based on the five senses, the mm -hmm. five areas, five different senses. And it's the most craziest thing I ever read. And, but I got into it. Uh, my wife dragged me into it. <laughs> Women do that <laughs> with men. Wife. They go to meetings that they never thought they would go to. And then you're wearing a little tin hat. <laughs> and all the Adam and Eve stories, the women are the curious ones. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, so continue on with this notion of uh, Edgar Casey's perception and testimony of the red race, which is the Americas and Atlantis. Yes. And I want to add something quickly. People who do uh, hypnosis work, intuitive work, and past life journeying, it's often brought up that the actual skin color of one of the races in Atlantis was quite red, very red, oh. that they had actual red skin as oh. well. And I've heard this that. from many different people who don't know each other, wow. who've been back into regressions into Atlantean yes. times. And so there were American, uh, uh, Casey talked about the arrival of um, pioneers from Atlantis. Mm -hmm. during the, It was a long process of their fall and their sinking. Mm -hmm. And so yes. they sent out expeditions all over the yes. place. This is not understood. Yeah. People think that whatever Plato brought forward mm. was really it, that Atlantis yeah. was a corrupt society that yeah. sank 12,000 years yeah. ago. Not very many people go into the depth of the history, the long period of history, and the multiple cataclysms of Atlantis yes. and lowering of knowledge and frequency. Yes. They said that fi it finally went down in uh, around 13,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a Mayan yeah. uh, American Indian number. Okay, good. Then it's 13. very close with everybody else's yeah. that are coming up with their. And that's why we have. Data. That's why we have thirteen. We had thirteen colonies, and now Canada has thirteen um, territories and yeah. provinces yeah. all together. There's no error. No error. So okay, okay. Now setting all that up, what did what did Edgar Casey have to say about the red race? And then I want to go on this trajectory of where this baton goes. I was kind of hoping it'd end here. Hmm. Well, it took me to something else. The baton always moves west, he said. So it has to go to Asia now. That's the next stop. That's his... China. That's what, uh, the, According to Vedic astrology, it's China. I, 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 I'm not sure. 
Um, I, I can only say what's happening. And um, um, it's the Western countries themselves that develop country, uh, China. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we're all partners we're in all partners helping in develop this. modern right. China. That's right. And China is set to change because I know the real China. I studied in Taiwan, and that's the traditional China. Tell we us all about that because people don't understand that China. Yeah. Uh, I was in the army. They dragged me in. I was drafted. And I was a company clerk, a sergeant. And I had this uh, guy, a captain who was just harassing me all the time. Your shoes are not shined enough. You don't look a car, like a cardboard box with your uniform. I had to get out of there to get my work done. <laughs> your accent's and coming so, up. <laughs> so a circular came around to study Vietnamese. And so uh, I didn't know I was protected. My two brothers, they made a mistake by assigning them to a, the same combat unit, which is against the rules. Oh. And so they came to my house. I didn't know this, but I was protected. Okay. I could not go. Okay. Because they, and to make up for that, they said your third son will never go to a combat zone. Okay. And so. So you were a clerk. Yeah. So let's talk about your and, linguistic um, studies. So I studied Vietnamese and I loved it. I was, I got into it. It's, it was, uh, it's so simple compared to Western languages. Before the French got hold of it, it was actually Chinese but they started writing in the alphabet because the French forced them to do that in 1868. So they originally had Chinese characters, but you still could see the kanji thought in there. And Chinese is my favorite language because you don't have to study grammar because the verbs never change. There's no agreement between any word, no masculine and feminine, nothing. Just put pictures together. Interesting. Yes. So because you actually understand Chinese yes. and speak and read Chinese, yes. and, and, and by extension, Southeast Asia as well, what do, you, what do you see as the real kind of Chinese spiritual legacy that exists still in this time? The great scholars that I read about in China opened my eyes I was not a student. I was not a researcher when I lived there. But I had, because I studied Vietnamese, and I had a nice job in New York, uh, which I got through the ethnic uh, Irish uh, unit there. <laughs> it's sense. all about ethnicities in New York yeah. and the special yeah. privileges that different uh, groups have. Yeah. And I decided to follow up on the Vietnamese, and but they had no Vietnamese department, so... I went into Chinese, and I took my master's degree at uh, St. John's University in New York. And then I was right there at the right time, and they gave me a scholarship. They sent me right over. I was just, my whole life was taken over by it. And uh, they gave me $100 a month. Wow. Okay. And with that, I could rent an apartment, yeah. have all my clothes made to suit my oh, size, yeah and save money yeah. and enjoy the heck out of myself. Hard for people to believe now, but it was absolutely <laughs> That's true. Right. You That's could live for nothing in Southeast yeah. Asia, yeah. Philippines, all of that. Yeah. So how, how do you, I mean, you learned a great deal about the spirit in the heart of the yes. Chinese and the Chinese culture, which we can't see through the materialistic lens today. Oh, we can't because each, each culture is surrounded by a filter that they're unaware of. They think they're looking at China they have not experienced China. They don't know her. 
like I know her. Tell us about China her. is just going through a phase right now. It's, it's, a, it's a phase of Western philosophy, Marxist-Leninism. It's not Chinese. Right. And their native culture, it produced Kongzi, Confucius, and Mengzi, and all these tremendous Zhuangzi, all these tremendous scholars that I studied about. And in China, everybody studied. Everybody was, you couldn't even go to a park in the morning without people doing exercises, the Tai Chi mm -hmm. and everything. Study is, all their fairy tales are about study for the examinations. I think the examination system of China was copied by England, along with our tie that we use. That's all Chinese. The tie and is Chinese. And when we graduate, we graduate in a Chinese gown. Yes, true. Yeah. And the And the little tassel is, means the sharpness of the rice plant, the intelligence of the rice plant. I just love talking to you with your <laughs> such font of incredibly esoteric information. They so, saw through this. Yes. So let's continue on then. So then you have Marxism, which yes. arrives on her shores. Yes. There's takes nothing... over the culture, denigrates the spirit of the individuals. Yes. Yes. Uh, all empires do. Yes. As human Including groups. Ours. It's, it's yes. our fears together and our way to gain false power is to join with groups because we're desperate to be accepted by anyone. Mm. And so either in high school, you joined the sports group or the fashionable people or the goths, the outsiders, mm -hmm. the people in the middle that had their heads covered from artillery from all sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a thousand and one combinations yeah. possible. Yeah. And during that time of high school, it's when it really forms up and you find your new friends because of the competitiveness of the whole education system you sort of are, I remember riding on the subway in New York to go to school. I didn't want to meet my old friends because we were in competition now. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that way in elementary school, but high school became like a competition. And, and uh, everybody became afraid because you were measured. And that's not real education. That's the opposite of education. But that's really where we became stuck as a species. Yes. Is in this... It's this a, adolescent era of yes. our lives where we're competing yeah. and looking for acceptance. Yeah. But let's go back for just one moment before we continue along yeah. the Chinese tale and the passing of the baton of the Roman Empire. Yes. We're going to go there. Go. But let's talk about what it is in our own being that we're disconnected from that is keeping us stuck in this adolescent, besides the other influences, yes. the propaganda, stuck in this adolescent phase of seeking acceptance at any price. The great revolutionary was Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Mm -hmm. uh, he lived in Geneva, uh, Geneva uh, French, uh, Swiss uh, speaker, and he wrote books about uh, human sensitivity. He's the one inspired people before the French Revolution. He inspired that revolution going back to nature because he said uh, civilizations create people that have no self. They're in groups, they're, their group identity is their self. Mm -hmm. They don't commune with nature by themselves. They don't have original thoughts. They don't evaluate the information by themselves because they're in school competing with each other over the common information. Very interesting and true. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. 
hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. So here we are, this incredible species that, what is his name? Emilius. Yes. That Emilius spoke of, that had the ability to create the speed of thought, went through a devolution and a forgetting and an amnesia. Yes. Here we are now. So we can't connect with self and the all naturally. I mean, we can, but I mean, it's not easy to do that right now. So now we're stuck in a field of trying to become accepted on a human common group level just to feel connected with anything. So now we're buying all the propaganda. And it doesn't matter where you live in the world, we're all doing it. So let's go back to China and what you know about, okay, you're talking about a people who are oriented toward discipline, learning, knowledge. Um, And let's talk about the heart and where the heart comes in and all of this. The heart heart is in all cultures. What you look for in any culture, what I look for in any culture is what they want to teach their children at the beginning. And what do they teach their children? And they want the best for them, the most ideal, sharing and being kind to neighbors. Um, But eventually it gets more complex. And then there are things that happen in the society where it rains in one place and it doesn't rain in the other. And the people say, why did they get rain and we didn't get rain? Food shortages. We're better than them. They'll get a ruler who will, who will um, puff them up at how wonderful you are. Why should they have that? You have the right to that rain. And so extortion begins early. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an extortion racket. <laughs> okay. So with that said, um, let's go to the tossing of that, uh, the, the, the passing of that baton. Mm from the Americas East to, as many predict, um, and say is already really occurring, to China. And what, yes. does that, what does that look like to take the Holy Roman Empire and all of the corruption, politi- politically, economically, and everything else, yes. over now to Asia yes. as the it's, it's primary just a, It's primary just a, a possibility, mm-hmm. uh, something that I read in Edgar Cayce, mm-hmm. and I happen to live in China. And once you live with them, you love them. Mm-hmm. When I learned their language, um, I created a Chinese person inside me. Mm-hmm. And I'm loyal to nothing but the truth. I'm not loyal to human groups. Yeah, that is true. That's the only Everything loyalty. Everything I know of you, that is true. Yeah. And so they helped you? They helped me a great deal. They're so kind, so wonderful. And uh, the laughter and the joy in that place... And uh, so I have many Chinese friends, and they love when I speak Chinese with them. So we should not be enemies. We should not be enemies. No. And yet the thing that happened, politics yeah. came in, yes. and that started essentially hypnotizing. Yes. Their culture, we're being hypnotized in other ways. We're being told we're competition to one another. Well, everyone's doing underneath the table deals the whole time anyway. Yeah. All of the people that run the money show yes. are always doing deals, regardless of what the politics yes. says. We know that. And now we have China in a very similar situation to ours. Yeah. The flow of uh, inequity and wealth has all flowed to the top, and the people are left the same as they are in the United States and elsewhere in the world. So what is this passing of the baton? 
What could it look like or even mean? It's a complicated uh, scenario, but there is always an answer because this place is made from love. And all we have to do is get our mind out of the way, just a part of the day, and it will begin. The magic can begin. And so I teach, I facilitate shamanship in people. And that is the answer. When you have more people with a self, you have more people that can investigate by themselves, find the truth by themselves and not in a group, and become an independent person. And they can know something about history so they don't fall into the same tricks over and over again. Which right now is happening. So we're creating mm -hmm. good citizens. Mm -hmm. Citizens that think, like uh, the Greeks always talked about, the philosopher kings and the people that voted uh, in, a, in, a, in an ideal system. We can recreate that. We have to have hope. That's the only thing we have here. Uh, the Buddhists call it a silver, a thin silvery strand, which has like a thread with amazing strength. I was reading a little poem about hope recently that was just so sweet. It oh. said, hope has holes in its pockets and blah, 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 blah. And you, you, you hold on to and follow the crumbs of the path to an unknown destination. You have to be comfortable yes. with the no notion that the destination yeah. is unknown. Like when I think of my life, all the lucky things that yes. happened to me. Yes. And, and uh, I mean, the odds were against it. Uh, uh, I always think of my mother because she, she prayed for us all the time. She went to five o'clock mass and uh, uh, my father was an alcoholic and she, this church was her strength. Mm -hmm. I love all the religions. I have no problem with any one of them. I can see everything that's there. I can worship in every church at every sacred site. And that's the place that we have to get to. Yes. Between now and then, as we're trying to get there, <laughs> this time you must be particularly, because you're so sensitive and perceptive, Yeah. this period of history must particularly affect you right it now. It does. It does, but the hope is seen. It's down on the list. <laughs> okay, it's been nudged down a little bit. <laughs> it's still there. That's right. That's right. Because they don't realize that it's at their fingertips and at their mental tips Every day and every night, if you shut this thing down, yes. this programming machine, because what the, what the establishment has done is put a little spy and monitor inside you. Yes. And it's going to drag you over the coals out of guilt. You weren't good enough. They graded you A, B, C's, D's, and you weren't good at this. You weren't good at that. And so you're ripe for the using and the manip manipulation. And this has probably never been more prevalent as today. Yes. Because by the age of one and two, children are holding cell phones in their hands. Yeah. By the time they're three, four, five, and have big enough hands, they're holding yeah. an iPad. By the time they're in school, they're on mm -hmm. computers. Yeah. And it goes extends all the way through to yes. octogenarians now on their yeah. Facebook pages, being compared yeah. to others. So our life has ended up in this tiny little space about one to two feet in front of us, yeah. and we have disconnected from the earth, from the sun, from the cosmos. Let's talk about this. It's scary it's, where it's going. It is scary. And tell it me is. where you see it going and where some prophecies say it could potentially go, and then we're going to look at the other side of this. Yeah. Well, I always go back to Thomas Edison, and he 
came up with a lot of uh, inventive technology, and he had this hope about technology. He said, whatever it is, whatever the mind can create has already been considered, and the human character is strong enough to handle it. And so I live with that hope. I live with that hope, too. But somehow, somewhere, we have to put the devices down and go there outside work. and look at the sun and feel the grass. That's it. And talk to the trees. Because that's where the intelligence is. Yes. It is not, it, because as we, I explained, I mean, the last time I think we were together, uh, we don't run our own body. It's automatic. Yes. And who's doing it? Millions of bacteria, plant, and animal that are conducting our digestion and all of the uh, areas of our, our human body, and we still don't understand what they're doing. All the automatic functioning. It's all coming from the plant. That's why the green stone mm -hmm. is at the center, mm -hmm. yeah, and yes. the turquoise. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's always at the center because the, the plant has the plan. That's why the word plan is in there. And we forget about... You know, so much in spiritual development over the last three to four yeah. decades has been about rising up out of the body, getting out of the world of despair, and rising into higher dimensions, yes. when the fact is this body is exquisite for helping us go through our transformation of spiritual development. Yes. It has all the information encoded yes. in it. And the Mayan people have a special gift. The American Indian people have a special gift of intimacy with that world, that world of nature. Mm -hmm. And that's what inspired me, what got me going, because I just started to teach about the Maya because I had Hispanic students. In, uh, I became a teacher. Uh, I, didn't, I just put in my application. I, didn't, I had three credits in education because I could speak <laughs> some Vietnamese and I could speak Japanese and Chinese. Chinese. They just hired me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so you became an educator, but how yeah. did that lead you to then the Mayan culture? Well, because I started history? because I realized that they didn't know anything about it. Their own history. Because they because mm -hmm. the Europeans were covering all that up. Yes. And I found it in our textbooks. The first ten or fifteen pages were about the American Indians and social studies. Then Europe began. Yeah. So I worked most of my life on multicultural yes. history to get that wider. Yes. And I did multicultural events in the schools and in the community. Uh, I became Multicultural Teacher of the Year in Oregon. <laughs> well, I mean, people can listen to you all day because you're, you're, you're like, um, well, you're like a wonderful juridic or Mayan sage. Um, your knowledge base really is coming from a meta level. Yeah. And you can apply it to the micro, but it's really coming from a meta level. And what I like about your work and what you do and the way you think is that it's imbued with a type of grace. And as you said earlier, this whole place is created from love. Yes. And we forget that. We yes. can't feel it a lot of times these days because of the manipulation, yeah. propagandization. Because we're surrounded by so much information, we just have to have the will to stop. Yes, that's it. The and will take to stop. time for yourself. Walk in the forest, and do not talk to ourselves. American Indian does not talk to themselves. Living in the moment and literally perceiving right. what you're amidst. Because you're getting messages all the time, yes. but you don't know. Yes, exactly. And the messages can be interpreted in a certain way. That's what watches and clocks are for. 
Yes. Because it's numerology. And that's given to us by, that's a sacred instrument. Every watch, I used to use the cell phone, but I got so excited with a flock of birds that I dropped the cell phone in the toilet. So, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so, Raymond. <laughs> and, so, and so I use a watch now. I always wear a watch. And numerology gives you the ability to interpret what's going on. Because the birds, the trees have a consciousness equal to ours. Yes. Only we are taught by books that say we have dominion and only human beings have a soul, and we're programmed that the rest of nature is nothing. Yeah, wrong. That's wrong. an arrogance. That is an incredible arrogance. Yeah. Okay, so, because I want to ask about Earthkeeper yes. a little bit, but I want to get to the place in the conversation, the path of the Red Shaman and the peace and justice throughout the world, the final establishment yes. of peace and justice yes. throughout the world, because that's a message we need to hear right now. Okay, all right. Uh, I got it from Edgar Casey's readings. A lot came through Edgar Casey, magical. And he said, work for your highest ideal over and over. E for me, even then the odds are 50 billion to one. Have the gall to Tenacity hope. Tenacity. Have the gall to yeah. hope. Have the, 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 the spritz in you yeah. uh, to, to, to hope for something better. Yes. And that is the power of the human being. And we put that into operation as a shaman because we use our will to respect the things of earth. I have here my crystal skull with the stones that I picked mm -hmm. up from everywhere. Uh, some, some of these stones are my companion, like obsidian. Obsidian is, is a little arrowhead. It's been used. It's not as sharp as it usually is. Obsidian is the is the sharpest knife that can ever be made here on Earth so far. Human beyond beings cannot steel, match it. Beyond the samurai we cannot swords. match it. Really? It is the ancient knife of healing. So it's one of the earliest companions of the shaman. And so we use it to heal. When we have our mesa like this, our, our altar, we do the ceremonies. I bow. You start in the east, then you go counterclockwise, and you go to the north. Mm -hmm. And the north, I think Obsidian wanted me to talk about it. Um, uh, the north is the white place, the clear stones and the white stones, mm -hmm. because that's a tough place to live. So you bow to the north for perseverance. Mm -hmm. Difficult to live up there, and mm -hmm. the atmosphere is clearer up there. So bow to the north for clear sight. This is the American Indian way. They're just looking around. Is this trying to instruct us? Mm -hmm. what to do, and they used their imagination. Mm -hmm. And that's how the Maya did it. And then they kept moving to the West, and then they got to the Black Stones, and the Egyptians always buried their dead on the West Bank mm -hmm. uh, because that they conceived of the world as uh, it was turning uh, or the sun was going down. Mm -hmm. And so we were going with it because we would be buried in the ground the earth would clean us, and then we'd come up In the new. east was the sun, when the sun came up again. Because the souls. earth cleans everything. That's the beauty about it. Yes. We're finding that out with medicines and herbs today that it's unbelievable. So going back to what we talked about a moment ago yeah. about this bringing in this age of peace and justice, and you were talking about having the temerity to hope, having the courage to hope in yes. spite of what the external yes. world looks like. I think it's important for everyone to remember it is our collective 
individual that then feeds into the collective that's going to determine the future path. That's right. If we lose hope, yes. we've lost our potential we've lost of creation. Everything. That's the lifeline. That's the lifeline. We've lost yeah. our potential to yeah. create what we want. And oh. everything seems to be beating down yeah. our minds yes. to go into conformity and lose hope right now. Yeah. We can't do that. No. And so what uh, I recommend to people is sometimes there's two kinds of yoga as I see it. There's the Raja Yoga, which is done with the mind. The mind is a tricky instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a simpler way, and it's called the Bhakti Yoga. It's the service. The, uh, my guru uh, was a Jewish fellow from New York, and uh, we had a commune in Washington uh, State, and uh, we, all the swamis came through, and he said, this is Bhakti Yoga, we chant. Just chant the sacred name, whatever shake, sacred, any sacred name you've been taught that you respect, just say it over and over again and get your mind out of the way. And what I do is I face the West where the sun is, uh, the sun is going down and the world is turning um, and just send the energy, uh, maybe with the sun, to come back up in the East and make magical things happen to you. Allow for magic in your world and watch it, watch it work. And one of the magical things that entered your life and has been with you is Earthkeeper. Yes. One of the great sacred skulls, mm. 11, 11, 11, right? Yeah. And so you and Earthkeeper have been trotting the globe. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about Earthkeeper and now and what he has also been sharing with you. Everything changed when I got a crystal skull. I was playing around with the calendar um, because I want, as a historian, a researcher, I want to know what they saw, what they felt, uh, what they heard. And uh, I, was, retains. I was just doing mm -hmm. it, you know, practicing, mm -hmm. uh, charging a little bit of money because you always should charge money in your shamanship because they won't respect you otherwise. Mm -hmm. They have to make an offering. Mm -hmm. The world is built on sacrifice. And so um, then I, this skull, they, I was lecturing, and they liked the lecture. Um, a, a man from Germany, a lady from Peru, and they brought uh, Earthkeeper up to me. He had his name already. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, he wants to be with you. Could you right. leave him on the table? And I said, okay. So I spoke the rest of the day. I wasn't into crystal skulls. I didn't know. Yeah, we're, you're, we're almost at your 10-year anniversary, I, by the but way. But it reminded yeah. me of, it made real the story of the sacrifice of the Mayan Christ. Yeah. It's all about the skull. So what is he bringing as you travel around the world right now? What well, is he bringing forward? I explained it first how Edgar, what Edgar Casey said about crystal. In the readings of Edgar Casey said, crystal has two main purposes upon the earth. The first and most important is communication with other dimensions. Mm -hmm. All shamans around the world collect crystal. Notre Dame, to name one, famous one. Um, and the second one is technology, memory. Our whole computer industry depends on crystal. We would not have any computer without the crystal. And so that gave me the idea. So I just did ceremonies, the Mayan ceremony I just gave you part of. Mm -hmm. And I just did this ceremony with that. And I used to have a format like we're talking with you, I have a format, but with you, I don't have a format. <laughs> no, we go in hinged right away. 
<laughs> and that's the way it happens with the crystal skull. How's he feeling about things these days? Oh, hopeful. Good. Hopeful. Because I need to tell you about what's going on in the sky right now. Tell us. I will. We only it have a few up. minutes left, and this oh is important. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, this we've been is... chatting for quite a while. Oh, God. I know we're lost in time it and goes... space. Oh, I have so much to tell you. Anyway. Tell us about the sky. I saw first in 2017 the eclipse. And I watched it carefully because that's it's happening like that. It's the eclipse that went over the full scan of the United States. Mm -hmm. And this hasn't, eclipse like this hasn't happened in 400 years. And that's one of the fractals of the Maya, 20 times 20, because their number system is base 20, not base 10 like ours. Yes. And the moon is 400 times, the sun is 400 times further from us than the moon. Mm -hmm. And the sun is 400 times as wide as the moon is. Exquisite. Yes. So and the Maya see all now? these things. Yes. And so it started to come in, and I noticed that it came into totality right across the U.S. And it started its totality right around Salem. Now, Salem is the name of the capitals that are named after Jerusalem. The, five, the last five letters of Jerusalem are Salem, S-A-L-E-M. Mm -hmm. It means peace also in Hebrew, shalom, city okay. of peace. Okay. And so interested, I noticed it. Mm -hmm. And Portland is the more um, uh, blue side or liberal side, and Salem is the more red side. Mm -hmm. And it came sort of right near Salem, and it went right across 14 states. Only one of them was a uh, blue state. Mm -hmm. And it went in an arc right around to South Carolina. So what does this mean? It means their power will be eclipsed. Their power will be eclipsed. The yes. power, the red mindset or message yes. will be eclipsed. Yes. Because, uh, because of the, the right-wing religions in the place. Yes. We're faced by a triumvirate of them now. The Taliban, the, uh, the um, Hasidim in Palestine and the evangelical religions, and they consider themselves more pure, and they get very radical. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our trouble is coming from there, from the book. So this will be triumphed over, and that will go it, toward eclipse, justice and it's peace. It's sort of a showing. A showing, okay. I don't know what the nature of an eclipse okay. is, but the eclipse happened because all of a sudden what they were saying about the, the, the disease came back upon them, the virus. Mm-hmm. And the ones getting the virus, they were saying, as the cities were getting it because they're sinful. No, it turned out to be the countryside. Explain that. In other words, the red states were hit with the virus. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. So yes. It the came, more rural so areas. It, so it was an eclipse of sort. But you're saying that there will be an energy that will ride over that. Ride over that. And they will come together because the Bible is a beautiful book. It's just they're interpreting and they're making it an idol. Mm -hmm. And um, in my studies, uh, from the Bible itself, I read the Bible. Uh, in the Bible itself, uh, when Moses came down and he found them worshiping a golden calf, he said, you cannot wor worship a graven image. Anything carved or formed by the hand of man is an idol. Who made the images and engraved them? 
writing was always engraved. It's graven in stone. Mm -hmm. It's a graven image. They got rid of everybody else's idols, but kept the biggest one for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, final words on that. that. When I said that to one man, yeah, he, he didn't he was, like it. He stared at me for like <laughs> yeah. ten minutes. Whoa! But I have to say it now because yes. you get to a point where you have to become an independent shaman. Uh, and that's that's when you master the baseball game. Yes, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just developing, turning to nature again. Yes. Developing discernment, yeah. care, under having hope. Yes. Having hope in a time that seems to many hopeless. Right. I think is, you you hit the nail on the head. Maybe the most critical element. Yes. Don't lose hope. And I want to uh, say to everyone whoever listens to this that this is not my belief system. This is what my research is. Uh, I don't know anything. So all that I say, just please consider it. That's all. Thank you, Raymond. As always, well, we ended up somewhere where we did talk about peace and justice, but I don't know where we were in oh, between all over the place. Holy mackerel. <laughs> it always happens, <laughs> Raymond. Thank you. Until next time, thank you so okay, much for okay. sharing your magic wow, with us. Wow. <laughs> for more of these conversations, you can go to the Gaia archives to my previous interviews with Raymond. You can also go to his website at RaymondTarpy.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform. Transform.